Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. One of the best in the business. He's been doing it for years. These days, he's doing it for SI uh, with a certain slant toward the Arizona Cardinals. But I know he knows the entire league inside out. We'll ask him about both. And a busy week for him because he also hosts a show with a Hall of Fame bent for Sirius XM's NFL Network. Howard Balzer joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How's your summer going, Howard? Jody, it's going great, and it's great to have football back. And, you know, I guess easing towards a certain amount of normality. Who knows when we'll ever get the total, if we ever will. But it's it's good to uh, to have a little bit more normal, even as this variant goes all over the country. So, but it's it's been a good summer, good summer so far. I I would agree with on uh, all the points that you touched on. And since you went there, let me go even further. Uh, You talked about the return to normalcy in the NFL is certainly dealing with it uh, with the protocols that they have in place and the the fact that they haven't made any secret of the fact that they hope they can continue to rise the number of players that have gotten vaccinated to this point. Their numbers are impressive, certainly in comparison to the rest of the country, um, but they would still like to have them even higher because – we're seeing guys being put into protocols because you're getting positive tests with the team as they're getting back together and close contact and all those other things. Um, even though they are, I'm sure, proud of the numbers that they've got as far as vaccinated players, we're certainly not out of the woods yet, are we? No, absolutely not. And, and the biggest the biggest thing, and I, I think as these guys have been going on this summer, I think all of a sudden it's opening up the eyes of a bunch of guys who they knew what the protocols were, but when they see it happen on their own team, like in Washington yesterday when all-pro and Pro Bowl guard Brandon Scherf was taken off the field at practice after they learned that he had tested positive. And so that's, you know, that's what the issues here. And if you're, if you're unvaccinated and you test positive, then you've got to be out at least 10 days. Right. And so I, th- I think this could you know, result in an issue. Now, if, if there's so few unvaccinated players, hopefully it won't be, Jody, obviously. But if you get into the season and you have some of these guys, top players, a quarterback, all of a sudden test positive. You know, let's say a guy tests positive and he's unvaccinated on a Thursday. Well, guess what? He's missing two games. Right. And then you start to wonder what other players who, who have been vaccinated are going to think, hey, we want to win. We want to win, and now we don't have this starter or that starter. And I know in Washington, Ron Rivera said it after practice yesterday that when that happened with Brandon Scherf, he had several players come up to him and say, because they have one of the lowest percentage rates of vaccination in the league. And he said several players came up to him and said, okay, we want to get our shots tomorrow. How do we do that? So 
ho- hopefully this will open up a lot of guys' eyes and you know go 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 from there because you're right you're 100 percent right we're not out of the woods and the, the fear of course is even a vaccinated player gets the virus and he can pass it to other guys and if he passes it to unvaccinated guys and they get sick and they're out uh 10 days whereas the vaccinated guy all he has to do is test negative two days in a row and he can return earlier so uh, you know no, knowing truly what these protocols are is very important Howard, a story that broke today, and shoot, you've been doing this a long time. I've been covering the league a long time as well. This is not the first time this story has uh, reared its ugly head. It happens uh, every couple of years with a team in the National Football League. The battle between a team in its town wanting to get either a new stadium or upgrades to its stadiums and who's going to fit foot the bill? Um, apparently, the Buffalo Bills are having major issues upstate New York, and uh, they want to get a new stadium built, and they want it to be done almost exclusively by the taxpayers of New York State. And there is a revolt, and Terry Pagulo had the uh, audacity to float the possibility of, you know, we could always move to Texas. That Austin, Texas looks like a viable market to us. Uh, you've covered this story umpteen times during your years uh, in the league. I- I've talked about it on too many shows over my years doing this. Uh, why Why is this always rearing its ugly head? Is it just such a money grab for billion-dollar owners and uh, municipalities not willing to keep their team and have to be threatened that they're going to relocate? Why do we always go through this exercise, Howard? Well, it is all about money. I mean, obviously, and every, and every team wants to have that stadium that can bring them as much revenue as possible and be in a good situation. And yeah, I've I've seen it so many times. I've lived through it twice in St. Louis. And a big reason I'm covering the Cardinals now in Arizona is because the Rams left five years ago, and there I was in a city trying to cover the league and doing all that without a team in the city I live. And right. so it's you know it's it's difficult. And there are many. Th- th- this one, though, I don't know if I've ever seen one where a team steps up and says they want the city or the however you, you know, raise the money, they want the city to do it all, you know, p- you know, publicly bankroll the whole thing. I mean, they're talking about $1.5 billion in Buffalo, not only for a stadium for the Bills, but to renovate the hockey, the hockey arena where Pagula's uh, Sabres play. So, I don't know. There's too many cities these days. Oh yeah, here we go. Here's 1.5 billion. I mean, seriously. I mean, that's just that. That's just crazy to me to do that and then be all of a sudden like Austin, Texas gets floated and you know and and, and all this and you're, you know, I, I understand the playing hardball. Don't get me wrong, but negotiate. I mean, talk now, you know, say hey, here's what we would put in. Here's what the league can put in with their G4 program. Here's the way we can get this done. But to do it this way, I think, is just the height of arrogance. And it'll be very interesting to see where this goes. I'll say this. You know, Jerry, Jerry Jones, certain the Cowboys don't want another team in Texas, although in some ways I think that could help them because it, it adds a little little rivalry there uh, with another team. And I, I don't think another team in Texas is going to affect the Cowboys and, and what they are too much. But he, he will, he'll probably fight it just as he hasn't wanted a team in San Antonio. Uh, in the past. So, like I said, this will be interesting to see the way how how this plays out over time. One last question on this, and we'll move on to some other stuff. 
Um, the Bills are a legitimate Super Bowl contender this year. Kansas City is the team to beat in the AFC, but you would probably say the Bills would be their number one uh, contender as of right now. Some people would say Cleveland, uh, maybe some other squads. Uh, but I would put Kansas City and Buffalo atop the heap. If you're a Bills fan, you're so looking forward to this team. Got a great young quarterback who took massive strides last year, made the playoffs, won a playoff game. You, you want to be all in for this season, and your owner's threatening to pull the team and move it to Texas if he isn't completely handed a gift on a platter of a new stadium. If you're a Bills fan, how do you deal with something like this? It's very difficult. I mean, there's no question about it. And, I mean, I recall the last five or six years that the Rams were, were in St. Louis, and everybody knew that Stan Kroenke was looking to move that team, and he didn't even negotiate. I mean, they, they just wanted $700 million without an extension of the lease to renovate uh, the dome uh, where they played. And he never negotiated, would never. And, and then even when they said they can't pay that, and, and St. Louis came up with a stadium plan with $400 million of public money, he never negotiated on that either because he wanted out so badly. And that, that was an awful atmosphere there uh, during those last years when everybody just knew that the team was angling the leave, and that's a tough position to be put in. I think I think the only market, Jody, that because it's so unique, was Oakland. I mean, what the heck? They they they, they announced they're moving, and they still played in Oakland for what, however what two years or whatever it was, and the fans are still coming out because the Raider fan is unique. But there's not there's not I don't think there's not very many markets like that. And Buffalo is a parochial town; they love their Bills, but they're not going to love this. I don't think I don't think. At, at all, and that's that's going to be a very very difficult situation for fans, unless unless they unless it gets to the point, obviously, at some point where they settle it all, and that somehow they come up with a stadium plan. Howard Balzer, Sports Illustrator, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Howard, uh, you, you like everyone else who covers the league, followed the Aaron Rodgers story <laughs> all off season long, and it is now come to a res- re- resolution of sorts. He's in camp. He's going to play. Um, he had his contract shortened by a year, but he's still under contract for next year, which means all they did was, like, push this down the road a little bit. But you know, you know what's going to hit the fan again nine months from now when their season comes to an end. They did reach out and get one of his players that he asked for, basically dictated, Randall Cobb to come back and join the team. I look at this from afar and everything that was said and all the quasi-threats that were made and sources say and everything else, I see it as a lose-lose. I think the Packers came out of it on the short end because they didn't get a real resolution. They got a resolution for one season and 10 months. Uh, far, uh, Rogers made this big stand to show that he was dictating himself. Oh, he got his contract shortened by one year. I thought it was more of a lose-lose than a win-win. How about you? No, I think it's a great way of looking at it because I think that when the Packers drafted Jordan Love, uh, they certainly weren't expecting Aaron Rodgers. They knew he was good, obviously, and they know how great a quarterback he is. I don't know that they expected him to be the league MVP. And then, of course, you end up not having preseason games. And so Jordan Love has just a bunch of practices in training camp, and that's about it that he has in his first year. And so – now, you know, Rodgers believes and everyone believes that they have to play him in year three because after that you have to make a decision on a fifth-year option and you're starting to get towards a new contract and what are you going to do about that? But here's the, here, here's the rub, Jody. They didn't expect him 
They didn't expect him to be the league MVP. Suppose the Packers go to the Super Bowl. Suppose they go and win it, even if they go and lose it. How do you move on from your quarterback then, who's, who's a franchise icon and a, and, a hall, and a future Hall of Famer? How do you then say, okay, well, okay, great. You know, we had this great season, but it's time to move on and play Jordan Love, who maybe hasn't played it down except for a handful of preseason games this year. I don't know how you do that as a franchise and have any credibility in your market. So that's, like you said, they pushed it down a road a year, and I, I don't think next year will be like this one in terms of just all the speculation and playing out over the course of so many months. I think it will be settled quickly, but what that is, who knows right now. There's just too many variables that can happen between now and then. The other most uh, often talked about story during this offseason was Deshaun Watson and his situation down in Houston. Uh, Different types of twists and turns but didn't come to the resolution that the uh, as as short term as it may be that the Rogers situation did. Not much has changed other than Deshaun Watson showed up for camp and said, "Yeah, I don't want to be fined fifty thousand dollars a day." Uh, the Texans supposedly have floated it out there that oh they'll trade him. How about five first round draft pick and two starting players, seven for one for a guy that there hasn't been a resolution yet as to how right. he's going to be handled both legally and by the league going forward. What was behind Houston setting the bar that high? Was, was, was there a message that I missed out on or a line of logic that I just didn't figure out as to why the Texans would go there if they're going to make that information available to the media, leak it out there so as to get a reaction? What was my reaction supposed to be? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a crazy thing, and I don't even know that even if he was free and clear to trade that they would get that much. But you can, you can put out there anything you want. I mean, you can say anything you want, but a team is not going to trade for him until there is at least A, resolution, or B, if whatever the trade is, is going to be a whole bunch of conditional draft picks that could certainly be good draft picks if, he, if and when he ends up playing. And that ends up being the big thing. And, the, and the, the, real, the real rub in this one is that, He's not making a ton of money this year because of the, the way the, the new contract was structured is $10 million, which isn't that high for a starting quarterback in the NFL. But the Texans don't want to play it, pay it if he's on that commissioner exempt list, which is hard for me to imagine that he won't be on it once the season starts. It's only training camp now, so it doesn't really matter uh, all that much. And what team's going to trade for him and give up draft picks and pay the $10 million? Now, there might be a team who will say, okay, we'll pay the ten. And we'll just roll the dice for when he's going to be available. But you're certainly not going to break the bank on a, or not, you know, break the compensation bank in draft choices until you truly know what the situation is. Or, like I say, the picks are tied to a lot of conditions. Howard, I know it's a busy week for you because you do your show on SiriusXM, your Hall of Fame show. Well, this is the week for the NFL Hall of Fame, and it's surely the biggest class ever because they had last year's class, which was going to be the biggest class ever uh, because it was the centennial anniversary. So they added extra guys to get in, and that, of course, went by the wayside because of uh, COVID-19. So they've combined the two classes this unquestionably is the greatest class to go in because it's that big, but also because there are great players. How much have you had to just work, 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 work with all of this with the combining of the two squads? Yeah, it's been, it's been amazing, and I'm real, I'm looking forward as everybody is at getting back to Canton after not being there uh, next year. I have doing actually three shows 
uh, for Sirius during the weekend, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. And let's remember Very last nice. year, Jody, the Centennial class was going to be enshrined in September as part of a 100th anniversary celebration of the NFL. And they were just going to have the, the, the regular class enshrined in August. Well, now this year, they combine them both into one weekend. One, one good thing they did is back in April, nine posthumous uh, players and contributors and, uh, were, were enshrined in Canton the night before the draft. And so those are nine guys. They'll, they'll be recognized during the weekend, but they won't have the whole thing with a speech and, a, and the bust right. and, and the whole bit. But they're still good. it's still a lot of, I think it's 12 people on Saturday and then seven on Sunday. And I can't imagine the gold jacket dinner on Friday on Friday night where everybody gets their gold jacket for the first time with 19 people. I don't know how they're going to handle that one. So, it's, it's, But it's, it's going to be a, a great weekend. Like you said, a lot of great players uh, going in. Of course, COVID reared its ugly head. We don't know if Troy Polamalu is even going to be able to make it after he revealed that he tested positive. We don't know when that happened. But with, you know, with him and you know, with Peyton Manning uh, and, and on Sunday and Charles Woodson and, and Isaac Bruce from the year before, along with Edger and James, and just just a lot of gr- NFL legacy people, obviously, is what it's going to be that weekend. And it, it should be a great one and certainly an unprecedented one that will probably never be matched. I will make sure to catch some of your shows because it should be phenomenal, as you say. All right, last thing. Um, if I were to tell you that I was seriously contemplating – putting a couple of shekels on the Arizona Cardinals at 40 to one to win the Super Bowl this year. And I'm not just making this up because it's a good on air radio question. I actually believe it. I think they're being woefully underrated. Everybody's got them picked for fourth in that division. I like what they did this off season, bringing in veteran guys already established, help that young, very good core that they have. All right. They let, Peterson walk out the door, which I thought was a mistake. But besides that, I like everything else that Arizona did this offseason. 40-1, to 1, is it worth a play? It, it, it might be. I, I think here's the thing about it. Obviously, to make that bet count, you have to be in the playoffs. Once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. And if this team finishes the season, finishes games better than they did last year when it looked like they were going to make the playoffs, then certainly – you can make an argument that in the NFC, you can, you can say, hey, they've got just as good a chance as anybody if they're in the playoffs. The problem is that division. You mentioned it. I mean, heck, they, they, they'd be – NFC East, they'd probably be the favorite. And yep. they, they'd certainly be talked about as a team who would probably make the playoffs in a couple of the other divisions. But the NFC West is just it's – it's the best division in football top to bottom with the Seahawks and the Rams. And the 49ers will likely bounce back after all the injuries they had last year. So I, I think the Cardinals are capable of making the playoffs, but obviously they have to they have to win those division games. Yeah, look at it this way, Jody. If you go three and three in the division, which in this division isn't bad, well, no. guess what? To get to ten wins, to go ten and seven, you've got to go seven and four in your other games, and that's not obviously in this league. That's not easy to do, and so they've got they've got to figure out a way, probably. uh, Well, certainly to be in the playoffs, maybe be second, which they almost were last year. If they had beaten the Rams in the final game of the regular season, they would have been in the playoffs, and the Rams would not have been. So they certainly have a shot. Like you said, I like a lot of the things they've done, getting more physical in the interior of the offensive line. But they've got to show they can win those important games and make the plays when they have to. 
get in, I th- like I said, I think they, they might have as good a shot as anybody. Here's my glass half full stance. Yes, if you can <laughs> get in the division, well, then you're going to be tested tough by the time you got there because you had to go through the exactly. gauntlet of your very difficult division, which three and three, seven and four. I, see, I think they get 10 wins, which means I'm going to plunk down a couple of bucks. And if I win, I'll take all the credit. If I lose, I'll drop it all on your doorstep. Uh, only kidding. That's fine How with me. <laughs> Howard, great stuff. Have a great time in Canton this week. Appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Thanks, Jody. Appreciate it. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.